Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. November the 12th. I'm your host, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, as I will be doing every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This broadcast... Welcome to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny for Monday, November the 12th. I'm your host, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, as I will be doing every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This broadcast is being sponsored by Making It Happen Incorporated, transforming your dreams into reality. We have another very special show for you this evening. I am pleased once again to have co-hosting with me Ms. Teresa Hamilton, who is the CEO and founder of Making It Happen Incorporated. Hello, Teresa. Hello, Lisa. How are you this evening? I'm doing absolutely fantabulous. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Looking forward to another great show. So am I. I feel really I feel pumped up about this show. I'm feeling great, and I can't wait to get it all started. Okay, well let's do that. Let's get let's get it going. Um the topic for tonight's discussion is going to be a very very powerful one like like all of the ones are. Um and it's uh quantum taking a quantum leap of faith. Quantum leap of faith. If you would like to call in to participate in the conversation, that number is 347-237-4518. Once again, that number is 347-237-4518. And for those of you tuning in via the computer, please click on the follow button on the left-hand side of the title so that you can receive updates on the upcoming broadcast. We are now available as a podcast, and it is free. So if you go to the iTunes Store, click on podcast and type in a date with destiny. You will also receive future episodes as well as being able to take us with you wherever you go. 
You can also send me a message through this site if you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business. You can send a message through my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101 or you can leave me a message via my website info at your destiny net. so teresa are you are you okay what's going on girl how are you oh i'm doing fine i feel great it's a beautiful day and i feel like we're embarking on new beginnings uh, we just had a major election and the leaves are changing, the weather is getting a bit cooler, and I just feel it's just a time for renewal and one of new beginnings, so I just can't wait to move forward in it all. Great, great. Well, before we get into our topic tonight, I want to take this time to pause and thank the veterans for their service to this country. And to do that, I have a special guest joining me, uh, well, joining us this evening, uh, Mr. Will Peters, who is a former active duty Army officer now living in the great state of Wisconsin. A graduate of Tuskegee University, Will received his commission and trained as an artillery officer and later a logistician. Since getting out of the Army, Will has earned his MBA with an emphasis in finance and is currently working in the utilities industry. So without further ado, Mr. Will Peters, how are you this evening? Well, hello, Lise. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you fine. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invite and for helping to get the message out. The counseling services, among other types of services, are available for vets. Mm-hmm. And, well, first we want to thank you for coming on and uh, taking the time to come on and share some information. Um, before we get into that, I just wanted to let my listening audience know, I happened to uh, be on Facebook the other day, I think it was yesterday, and I read one of your posts, Will, and it was just so profound that I wanted you to share that with the listening audience because um, uh, you talked about that. Um, who may not know where to go to seek certain information. So um, I'll just, you know, let you go ahead and, and share with us, um, you know, uh, what you had stated on your Facebook page yesterday. Hmm. Okay. To, to elaborate uh, well, a little bit. Greetings, everyone. I, I just, uh, I'm a, I'm a veteran and uh, served from 1989 until 2001, and. Um, since our conversation earlier, at least, I'll go ahead and mention that I spoke to a very close friend of mine and mm-hmm. got me okay to use his personal story, uh, okay. of course, about names as, mm-hmm. as an example. Okay, uh, great. The two, the two of us are like blood brothers, and uh-huh. um, uh, this person experienced a traumatic event uh, during his career, but was still executing his duties with the same level of excellence as before his incident. So he had no reason to believe that anything was wrong or anything was bothering him. Mm-hmm. But despite the fact, just out of normal protocol within the military, his commander recommended that he go and see uh, military counseling just to make sure there weren't any lingering issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eventually he relented and he did go to see the counselor but felt it was going to be a waste of time. Okay. At that point, uh, he was asked a series of specific questions, 
and it was determined that he was suffering from textbook post-traumatic stress disorder, also mm. known nowadays as PTSD. Mm-hmm. And had he not gone in for this subsequent for the subsequent counseling, uh, he would have been left to fight those battles alone, which included depression, grieving, recurring thoughts and dreams, mm. uh, guilt for having survived when others around him had died, mm-hmm. uh, the inability to communicate easily and openly with with his wife, kids, and other civilians, mm-hmm. and also. He was withdrawing from friends and loved ones alike. Mm. So, you know, and it, it, was, it took him 10 years to tell me that this was something that happened to him and that he had been diagnosed with this. And as wow. close as he was, yeah, I mean, as, as close as we were, he was afraid of any laboring right. or concerns that others might have about mm-hmm. his ability to function and produce or be productive with right. that type of label. Right, right. Now, when did he tell you this, Will? I mean, was it was it 10 years that you found out finally about this, or did you know prior to the 10 years? Um, I had no idea. To me, he seemed normal. Right, 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 uh, right. But from the most part, he seemed normal, except there was there were certain... Uh, I didn't. I didn't really pick up on it, but there were certain things that, had I been trained, I may have been able to pick up on. Right, uh, right. But uh, it took him ten years after he was diagnosed for him to finally admit it to me. Okay, and I got you. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of came out as a result of my sharing private thoughts with him about, you know, my time being deployed and so forth. Right. And uh, he went on, and he would very kind of carefully nudged me, recommending that I go ahead and just get checked out. Right, uh, but right. Like, mm-hmm. But like him, I was, uh, I was in complete denial, and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think, you know, I needed any such counseling. And, but when I did finally go in to set up an appointment, although I was not uh, diagnosed with PTSD, I, I really did feel a certain amount of relief because there was someone on the other side of the table who could relate to my background, the issues that I was facing, the things that right. I dealt with, you know, things that my family dealt with with my return, because soldiers are gone at a year at a time or more sometimes, and then they come back six months and they're gone again. Mm-hmm. And uh, So it's, it's a very stressful situation on individuals and families alike. Right. So I just wanted to, uh, in my salute on Facebook, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge um, those who are served with and all veterans from all the era by suggesting that they reach out for that type of support. There's nothing dishonorable about it. And I think the last thing, last two things I'd like to point out is a good website I found for Mm -hmm. you know, contacting within your region because it's it's a nationwide support system. Okay. But um, I'll leave that with you at the end of my point. But before... Before that, I just want to say that uh, this is not an easy decision for most military people mm-hmm. to get counseling because mm-hmm. mental and physical toughness is a part of the definition of who you are. You are trained to be mentally fit right. and physically fit. Right. And so to acknowledge even to yourself that you need counseling just to work out, work through some problems, 
uh, is, in effect, it's almost like admitting failure, which right, is unacceptable. Right. And mm-hmm. so breaking through that psychological barrier is kind of a big deal. And the only way I was able to go was I had another veteran push, who I respected push me and push me over time, and I finally went on in and realized the benefits. And i got to tell you, I wish I had done it a lot sooner. Right. So right. Just, to, just to close this up is for me, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, I do have a one-stop shop that I like to give to, to folks who I think could use it. And it's not just the, the veteran himself. It could be anyone who loves that veteran mm-hmm. or friends or family, you know. That's but, important uh, to know, yeah. The uh, website that I like to recommend is www.va.gov. And the VA, okay. of course, is Veterans Administration. Okay. And so, and say again, that one more w- time. W- That's www. www.va.gov. Okay. G-E-O-V. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of links there that can assist you in nearly every facet of your life, from counseling to medical needs to even financial assistance or services. Uh, if you are owed any money based on uh, your assessment, uh, if they identify you as someone with PTSD, uh, they'll they'll start cutting you a check. And okay. I mean, it's, it's 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 a very good thing to plug into wow. and find out. Yeah, I wonder if the I wonder if um, people know that you know um, if you are diagnosed that they do give you compensation for that. Um, I think that's very important to know. I think so too. It's 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 another reason to for families and others to to assist that veteran in uh, looking into it further. Yeah, and I just want to point out, you said something, well, everything that you said was very profound, but one thing that stuck out with me when you said that military, uh, the way you are trained, um, the way you're trained to be tough and to think and quick on your feet and, you know, and all these other adjectives that you gave the description of uh, being a soldier and, it's, and how hard it is for them, especially for them, to seek counseling, well, it's hard for people who aren't soldiers to seek counseling because everybody thinks that counseling makes you weak or something is wrong with you, you know. Well, it's a mental illness, you know, and to to admit that, like you said, is admitting defeat, you know. And I can almost, and I can see that, you know, as an individual, but then as a soldier, I mean, that's really profound because soldiers aren't supposed to need any kind of counseling. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, as sad as it is to acknowledge, uh, I think the the military has started to realize that some of this mental toughness that we've mm-hmm. been trained to just have on board to get through mm-hmm. the mission is the very same mental scenario that causes us not to use those services, and we. Mm. You find people committing suicide instead. You see right. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So yeah. It's a very serious thing. And, you know, back 30, 40 years ago after the Vietnam War, they called the guys shell-shocked. You know, they couldn't. Right. That, was, that was the term. Now it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. Uh, it's, it is, there's a lot of uh, support out there. Uh, President Obama has done a good job of uh, 
boosting those services and making sure the funding is necessary and the, the personnel and the staffing is necessary. So it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good day to be a vet. It really is. Yeah. It's more than just a free lunch one day a year, you know. Right, right. That is, that is so awesome. And I think it's so important to, you know, and, and I wish that they did it more than just one day out of the year to recognize this is something that, you know, people have given their lives for and sacrificed. And I think that more should be done to recognize and honor um, each and every one of you. Um, so once again, I just, you know, want to thank you um, and, and anyone who is listening that is a vet or anyone that's serving at the moment, you know, that's listening to this program, uh, once again, thanking you for your service to protecting me and, you know, protecting this country. Um, yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I, if what reward, <laughs> you know, could, you know, it should be given to anyone who lays down their or risks their life in that manner. Uh, you know, so really, my hat is off to to you and and anyone else that's listening out there. And thank you, Will, again yes, for coming on and sharing with us. Um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out. Hey, thanks, Elise, and uh, I'll be listening. Have a good evening. Okay. All right, take care. Happy Bye-bye. Veterans Day. Yes. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Will Peters. Uh, wasn't that awesome? Oh, he was phenomenal, and just to think that he's offering support and help is just incredible. Yeah. You know, and you don't know unless you ask, and I just think it's so wonderful that he's helped his time out today, you know, to to say very fond things about the vets and to discuss some real challenges and to let those that are out there that they're not alone, that there is help. Yeah, and, you know, it just makes me, you know, continue to ponder that a little bit as far as, you know, what we as humans go through on a day-to-day basis anyway, um, Teresa, and we weren't, you know, in the service. You know, we I think a lot of times we take that service for granted, um, the things that they have to do. Um, I have another friend who was in the special ops and even, you know, um, family members, who served, and we we just can't, I'm, I don't think we could ra- actually wrap our minds around what they do on a day-to-day basis, even boot camp, boot camp alone. <laughs> I think if you can survive boot camp, you know, the harshness and of that and the training, that the mental breakdown, that they have to break you down to build you back up again. Yeah, yeah. And then once you've served your time and you get out, then you have to come back into society and then you have to be broken down again and be built back yeah. up. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or after oh. all the atrocities that you've witnessed mm-hmm. and seen and just horror after horror, because war yeah. is not, you know, it's not a day at, a beach, at the beach, then you have to come back and, and try to assimilate back into, quote, the normal society. That's just not easy. Yeah. So it was wonderful that he came on and shared the story. And, and more importantly, on this veteran day, he offered help. Uh, for his yes. out there. Yes, and I would challenge the listeners, if you know of a vet, um, you know, someone in your family or friends, you know, like he said, you know, and this was his best friend. He said they were like um, brothers. So, and he missed it. He missed it. You know, he said, I'm not a professional. He said, if I was a professional, I probably would have caught it. 
But this is somebody that was very close to him. So I would just challenge people, you know, to pay attention to those loved ones that are around you that are vets. You know, yeah. they're, they're probably giving off signs and signals, and, you know, we're not even noticing it. You know, yeah. so just pay extra close attention because maybe they are suffering from PTSD and they need mm-hmm. to seek some guidance, you know, some counseling. So I just encourage everybody to, you know, just pay attention, just pay attention yeah. because we really owe them a lot. Exactly. So we're moving on to um, our topic of tonight, which is quantum leap of faith. And, uh, Teresa, and, you know, as I was thinking about this topic, um, you and I talk about faith uh, all of the time because mm-hmm. we have, we're have we running multiple businesses and mm-hmm. we're always, uh, you know, um, putting our visions in front of us and, 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 and making them happen and just a whole lot of things. And, and, you know, we talk to a lot of people on a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, but one of the key points, in life for me, and I know for you as well, is we couldn't do any of what we do if we did not have faith. (laughs) If we did not, you know, take gigantic, huge, gargantuous leaps in our faith, in our belief. And as I was putting this program together tonight, and I think I'm, you know, I'm trying my best, I'm trying my bestesses not to get (laughs) emotional um, because these are very emotional topics for me. And, Teresa, as I was putting the program together, I said, you know, I, I thought it would be, you know, apropos for us to each share um, a story uh, that would give our listening audience an idea of what we mean about a quantum leap of faith, you okay. know, and how it radically changed a situation in our lives and changed our lives basically. So I'm exactly. going to let you, you know, go ahead and start. And first, you know, by giving me what your definition of um, a quantum leap of faith means. Uh, for me, a quantum leap of faith means uh, all of us are familiar with Mount Everest, correct? One of the highest peaks. It for me, a quantum leap is to take a fall or jump off of that mountain and not knowing where your destination is going to be but having no fear when you just take that jump mm-hmm. or you're jumping out of, since it's Veterans Day, out of airplanes, mm-hmm. knowing that as as much uh, that could potentially go wrong, that you have the faith that you're going to land squarely in, on at your destination and on your feet. So for mm-hmm. me, I think if I could give a vivid picture of that, that's it. And so once you take that first step off, you have to know and believe, uh, as our Air Force pilots do when they're uh, forced to jump, that they believe that they're going to land squarely at that destination point that they have calculated from one higher on top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that because it, it is jumping into the unknown. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you should use that as an example because we watched, there's a program on um, on one of the history channels and that they showed uh, yesterday because it was Veterans Day. And I never heard of this battalion. I never heard of this group before. And you know how when growing up you, you learned about the Tuskegee Airmen and you've learned about all the different, you know, other different uh, battalions out there that, you know, that they kept from us, you know, our history. Mm-hmm. 
But one of the ones that they did yesterday, Teresa, was a show on um, the first all-black paratrooper battalion of World War II, and they called themselves Nickels from Heaven. Wow. The Dickles. And when mm-hmm. when you, if anybody gets a chance, Google it or whatever to see when it comes on in your area. But I, it was fascinating to me to see these men. Um, first of all, you know how it was for African Americans back then, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the service. But for each one of them, you talk about taking a huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, they create, they had a whole battalion of paratroopers, black paratroopers. And you just have to turn it on because as I watched that, I kind of saw my life. (laughs) You know, and even though I haven't yet jumped out of a plane, um, but that's on my bucket list of things to do, I feel Mm -hmm. like I have in my life just constantly leaping you know, not knowing exactly where I'm going to land up. I have an idea where I would like to go and land. Yeah. But when you have that leap of faith, you really don't know. You just expect. Yes. It's like you're taking that jump, and you know you're going to land on your destination, and you just have to have um, the belief that you're going yeah. to land exactly where you're supposed to land. Right, and you know the funny thing about so much, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say the funny thing about that is that when you jump, you have a destination in mind, right? But Mm -hmm. you know what? When you jump, it's like from the time that you jump and you take that leap to the time that you land. Mm -hmm. Do you know Mm -hmm. that every single time you land in a better place than what you thought you were going to land in the first place? Mm Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? It's because when yes. you land in, it's like, oh, my God, this is even better than I ever imagined. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so why don't you go ahead and share um, one of your leaping, your quantum leaping of faith stories? Okay. Well, one of my favorite stories to tell, and everyone has um, got confirmation from uh, the group and making it happen that there was their, it is their favorite for me. And it is my decision to take the entrepreneurial path. And the key is is that I was very fortunate. I, Like I said, I came from a very um, uh, religious family. My mother was a Bible teacher, so I grew up in, in a faith, the Christian faith. And I knew, you know, you go through life, and one of the things that I always prayed for was my career. And so I was very, very fortunate in my career. I worked with some of the best in the business, as a matter of fact, is the director of the census currently, Robert Grove. I work with him, and I started at the University of Maryland College Park, and I did a number of things in social science research. So all the polling that everyone hates to see, um, I did a lot of that in my uh, my career, both at the academic and private sector levels. Uh, and so what I did is toward the end, I, like I said, I always had my relationship with God, which I always tell people when you're moving forward or when you want to make things happen, I would highly recommend having a relationship. And I remember I was working for Westat, which is one of the top research firms in the country. It is the top. Um, They do a number of studies for the National Institutes of Health, Centers for Disease Control, Environmental Protection Agency. As a matter of fact, all of the big studies that come through come through this group. And I was a, a, a senior person in the uh, social science uh, uh, research sector of data collection, 
And I remember that I was having the most hard time at the job. I was, like I always tell people, when you get up in the morning, you put one foot down, and you're like, why, why, why do I have to go in? Not that I didn't like the research. I loved the work uh, that I was fortunate enough to do, but it was it was the people. They didn't think you should be there. It was all of the politics around everything, and especially me because a lot of the times I, I had actually worked with a number of the guys who had written the research books on how to, you know, do all the scientific statistical analysis. And so I had like a major head start because a lot of people didn't have that, uh, uh, weren't privy to that. Well, all in all, over time, as one can imagine, I had amassed a pretty decent salary, at least close to 100000 and with bonuses over. And so anyway, um, what eventually happened to me is I, I felt like I had to be moving in a different direction. And I remember that God had told me two years prior that don't get comfortable in this job because you're not going to be there very long. So I just heard the voice. And that's what I always challenge people to do is just listen to that small, still voice. The mm-hmm. second thing that happened to me in that process is that two years passed by. I was already, I traveled all over the country, and I was already at 80% on travel. I mean, I never saw my family or anything. And my boss came down and said, look, we need you to be 100% on travel. I'm thinking 100%. I barely have a life now. And so for me, that was the impetus because it was almost, I think it wasn't quite a year. It was like a year and like eight or nine months. And that was the, when he said that, I remembered what God had spoken to me two years early. And so I said, this is it. This is the time that I literally have to make a leap of faith. And all along, when when God is preparing you for the next level, the preparation is going on, but you have you, you don't know how the puzzle is going to fit together, but it's just happening. And so what eventually happened to me in that process is that I gave I felt like it was my time. I gave my boss my two weeks notice, who looked at me like I had just lost my mind, because he's looking at me like, how are you going to just give your resignation? He said to me, do you have another job? I said, no. He said to me, and he discussed with me about his ideas. I said, no, I feel like I have a calling on my life to start my own business. I said, my dad had a small cleaning business and painting company. I said, you know what, I'm just going to see where it takes me. And he just looked like I was just this foreign kid, <laughs> kid that had just landed, you know, just because he's just looking at me strangely. So anyway, sure enough, I gave him my two weeks' notice. Now, this is the kicker. I had... Because of my salary, I had a, a I had a lifestyle that was indicative of someone making that kind of money. I had a fabulous right. place to live with a fireplace, a wonderful, beautiful car. I had great friends. I had, you know, any place I wanted to eat, wherever I wanted to go, I never had to fret. I had a mm-hmm. bank account that was pretty solid. So mm-hmm. I just took that leap of faith and did what I felt in my spirit to do. And I had nothing other than my family, quite literally, to back me up. But ever since that jump, just making that jump, time went on. I um, didn't even accept, um, I always forget this, Lisa, unemployment. So I didn't Mm -hmm. even have, like, a regular check coming in. That was just Mm -hmm. non-existent. But Mm -hmm. I just believe that God The Republicans would love you, girl. Yeah. (laughs) I believe that God had a path for me, and he was Mm -hmm. taking me somewhere, and that my goal was to stay on that path, no matter what, I had heard him two years earlier say, no, you're going to be out of this job. 
and don't even get caught up in the politics. Don't fret. And I also tell people sometimes when you're going when when you're on a job and it looks like everything is going wrong, our tendency is to look at that situation and say, "Wow, these people are bad." But sometimes I think that everything has to go wrong on a job, especially if God mm-hmm. is moving you in a different area or arena, mm-hmm. so that you'll know I can't ever go back to that. That's no right. longer my path. Right, because right. every time God knew what I was going to face as an entrepreneur. But you know what I never, ever said during this whole tough process of navigating? I never said to myself, I'm going to go back to that old job or I'm going to pick I don't up. know, that's never. right. That has never I always been say go I've back to said. Egypt. Yeah, yeah, I said I've never, ever had that to say. But what yeah, eventually yeah. happened, and this is the leap of faith and why it's important to faith. Now, my dad had a small cleaning business. I didn't get any of his contacts. My dad was out of the business far beyond uh, he even hand those contacts to me. Well, this is the relationship where I tell people, when you're moving, be careful of the relationships. I had a very good girlfriend named Peggy Winfield, and I will always be uh, grateful for her. She worked on Capitol Hill with one of the top realtors in the country. She said to me, well, Teresa, you're starting your business. I'm going to help you, so I'm going to introduce you to some of the people on Capitol Hill that I know. Well, she introduced me to one lady. Her name is Judy Seiden. She was the top, she is still the top real estate agent in the country. That woman took one look at me, and this is favor, and said, you know what? I'm going to single-handedly help you build your business. And that woman did just that. She sent me contacts after contacts, and right before the housing, I mean, I was making money hand over fist. And mm. the other thing that God showed me is not only did he take me to the creme de la creme in terms of where to work to, but I was in a, I've been insulated in terms of reception to a certain degree because it's rare. A lot of these people are, are titans in industry and, you know, political leaders, so I never had any issues or problems there as well. Mm-hmm. So that was my leap of, leap, leap of faith during Lisa. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So you left you you left a job making over a hundred grand a year, left a lifestyle, um, and just said, you know what? I'm just going to take this leap of faith. I'm just going to jump. And what happened, Teresa, when you jumped? How how long ago was that? That was gosh, that was like around 2004. <laughs> so it's almost wow. been yeah, that was a lot, yeah. And I've been Any surviving, regrets? eating, no, been surviving, eating, getting fat. And the peace, and I always tell people this, the peace that you'll experience when you really walk in and your purpose or whatever God has birthed into you, I wish when I meet people, I'm bubbling over with it. The hope, the peace, the happiness. I wish I could just breathe life into someone and give it to them. That's how good I feel. And so you know really what? Oh my God! It, I just get so excited when you say when I, when I hear that because and you yes. know how we do when we are yes. out and we may yes. be networking or we, you know especially if someone starts to say you know they're talking about their job and they're not happy and yes. you know for me I'm like well wait a minute you know let's talk you know and yes. so to be able to just see the light go off in somebody when you tell them you have other options. And, yeah, Teresa, yeah. and you know for a fact, when you start a business, it takes at least five years, at least yeah. five years for you to start to see a return on it, for yeah. things to start to, you know, you've laid your foundation. And let me tell you, folks, 
when you get out there, if you if you have an idea that you want to write a book, you want to start a business, you want to do anything new for other than what you're doing, it's going to be a challenge. And you're going to be challenged more than you've ever been challenged before in your life. But you know what? Yes. I wouldn't give it up for nothing in the yeah. world because when yeah. I wake up in the morning, I absolutely can't wait to get started on my day. Exactly. And, and you know what? I, too, walked mm-hmm. away from a large salary, Teresa, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, working in the quote-unquote industry, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just walked away from all of that, and I don't regret a single moment of it. Have, have, have I um, uh, struggled? I wouldn't even say struggle because you have to be careful of the words you put out there, but I've yeah. been challenged um, and still am being challenged. But guess what? I am happy. Yeah. I am at peace. Yeah. And you cannot put a price tag on that. You, you cannot. You can't. And so, you know what else? This, this is the other piece, Lisa, that I want to tell the listening audience out there, too, is that, yes, I had a cleaning and uh, painting company on Capitol Hill, but God mm-hmm. helped me groom in that position, and then I had along started um, making it happen, incorporated. And mm-hmm. that is my passion, which is the consulting business to help people reach or transform their dreams into reality. So in other words, and I'm an author, and I'm now working with my family's nonprofit, and the key is is that, you know, people look at you, and I watched this program, and I told you about this, Lisa. I would encourage those of you who are really interested in entrepreneurship. There was a, uh, a series on the History Trans, uh, Channel of Men, of, um, men Who Built America uh, on uh, J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, uh, the Rockefeller, um, Mm -hmm. and Ford. And I say watch those programs because you get a sense of it's so important with your quantum leap of faith is you've got to have that vision of where Mm -hmm. you want to go, where you want to land. Mm -hmm. And so when Mm -hmm. you take that quantum leap, when you take that jump, even though the risk, and I'm sure there are a calculated risk of how – all of the things that can go wrong from the time you make a jump from an airplane to the time you actually land where you go. You've got all of this stuff going on, but the reality is, is that once you hold on to that vision and faith, you will always land there. And like Lisa said, not only are you going to land there, but you're going to be able to do so much more and oh have gosh. the time to do it um, and just live, to me, the most fruitful of lives when you yeah. do that. Yeah, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes, um, Teresa, is the one by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., when he said, mm-hmm. take the first step in faith. You don't have yes. to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And I, that, to me, when I see people who are afraid and they make excuses all the – and this is how you can tell a person who is, who is afraid. When you start mm-hmm. to say, well, you know what, uh, did you think about this? And this? When you start to hear people make excuses as to why they can't, mm-hmm. that's fear talking. Yes. Yeah, they're yeah. comfortable in their where they are. They're in their comfort zone, and you know. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, and I say this all the time: if where you are in your life, you are happy, you are at peace, you have joy, you're, you're you have abundance, then great, mm-hmm. God bless you. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're not experiencing one or any of those things, then there's something there's something going on with you that you need to make a change. Yeah, <laughs> you need to yeah. say to yourself, okay. Self, 
we're going to get up out of this chair, and we're going to put one foot, just, just take a step, in front of the other, and we're going to see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee you, the mountain that you think is in front of you, that you are seeing, because it is a big undertaking. I mean, going after your dream and what you feel is in your heart, it's a big undertaking. And when you think about it sometimes, those of us who haven't reconditioned our minds to Mm -hmm. uh, to, to think differently and so on and so forth, when you look out, you're seeing mountains. Mm Mm-hmm. You see, and mountains are what? Mountains are big obstacles, right? Yes, yeah. So when you're looking out, when you're thinking about that dream or that thing that you want, you you know, you might you, you may you may want peace, you may want mm-hmm. happiness, um, you may mm-hmm. want a new car, a new house, or or you know, uh, your child to college or any of those things. But you mm-hmm. you 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 can't get to it because of this mental block that you this mountain that you see. Because that's all you're looking at is the mountain. Mm-hmm, 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 but the mm-hmm. good news is that we have been given the power <laughs> yes, to yes. speak to our mountains in our yes. lives yes, yes. and tell them, mountain, get out of my way. Be thy remove. You have the power to do that. Yes, and related to that is when I watched The Men Who Built America, which I said was a wonderful series, and I hope if you've got, like, the DVD function to really watch it, do so. Because what you learn about these successful uh, men is that they, if they had in their spirits or their mind that they wanted to see something happen, it didn't matter whether it was family, uh, a, a competitor, it didn't matter. They had that laser focus, and it was like, like you said, they were moving mountains. And yes, some of the mountains yeah. were were parents on it. In J.P. Morgan's case, he had a father that expected him to follow the rules the way he wanted him to follow them, not what he thought was the right path. But he yes. kept insisting. He never gave up his dream. He never gave up trying. He never yes. gave up thinking about how he was going to push past, like you said, or move those mountains. And that has got to be the way that you are able to make those quantum leaps of faith. And one of the things about one of the Christian verses in the Bible that I love, he, Christ says, if you ask and believe, mm. me, you can ask for something, but before it is even given to you, you've got to mm. believe mm. that you're mm. going mm. to get it. And I will guarantee you that the more you operate <clears throat> in that kind of mentality, the yes, more yes, things yes. are going to come. It's just going to come yeah. to you effortlessly. And I can tell you that the times when I felt like I believed things were going to happen, and how did I know I was believing? I was believing because once I asked for them, I never looked back to say, well, is it coming yet? Where right, is exactly. It? I wondered if I prayed right. I wondered if I was exactly. a kid. I wondered if this. I said, no, it's already done. Those yeah. things came back to me quicker and faster. And so if there's you know, one thing I can challenge, yeah. okay, go. Yeah. No, go ahead. Is one thing I can challenge the listening audience is when you pray for something, when you ask for something, believe you've already mm-hmm. got it. Don't think that you're not going to get it or you've got to wonder or you've got to ponder, well, you know, I need exactly. this for my rent, I need this. Because we all have a lot of financial stuff. I need exactly. this, I need that, this, that, and the other. They're coming when it's coming, it's coming from this one. Don't worry, believe you've already got it. Whatever the dollar yeah. amount is, I ask you guys to claim that dollar amount and believe you already possess it. And then yeah. walk. 
Walk it. Walk. Don't even fret over it. It's already done. And go about staying on purpose, doing whatever it is that God has called you to do. And if you execute in that manner, you will have the things that you desire. No question. And those mountains will move. Exactly. Excellent. And it's not just in, you know, say, you know, jobs. It's for anything and everything, any area in your life that you want to break through in. Um, and I'm going to share my quantum leap story. Okay. I, mean, I have so many of them. I mean, for me, like every day is a quantum leap of faith. But but one that sticks out in my mind, and I'm, I'm actually uh, writing about this, I'm sharing with you an excerpt of my new book uh, that I'm that I'm working on. But um, it was, and you know the story, Teresa, and this is just a story about pure, unadulterated faith. Mm-hmm. And it... Uh, it was about my daughter um, when my daughter was mm-hmm. born. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. is a whole other area wow. of, of how we can have faith. And, then, again, because I yeah. wanted to point out to people, it's just not in one or two things. This is in every yeah. single area in your yeah. life that you're looking yeah. for a breakthrough. When my yeah. daughter was born um, uh, twenty, almost 22 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. she was born 10 pounds, 11.6 ounces. And she was 22 and a half inches long. She was a big baby. And the doctor at the time did not, you know, specify to me that, you know, well, Mrs. Saunders, you know, you should, at that point, you you know, telling me that I should have a C-section. Like it wasn't an option. You need to have a C-section because you're getting ready to deliver an 11-pound baby. Well, you know, for us women out there who have had children, you know, when you start to, you know, grow, the doctor's always measuring your stomach with a measuring tape and telling you, you know, just to, to keep tabs on how big. All he kept doing, he was a dude from Greece, you know, he's Greek, but all he mm-hmm. kept saying to me was, oh, this is a big baby, this is a big baby. You know, I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is a big baby. But God, we didn't know it was going to be 11 pounds. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm trying to fast forward through. When Megan, when I was in the delivery room, uh, because she was so big, and I did not know this as it was happening, they mm-hmm. had to break her, they had to snap her collarbone in mm-hmm. order to get her to, through the canal, the birthing canal, because yeah. she was too big to, you know, they couldn't get her shoulders through, so they had to snap her collarbone in order for her to be able to come through the birthing canal. So, okay, keep in mind now, I had no idea that none of this was was going on, and after they handed it to me, oh, gosh, she was absolutely gorgeous, you know. (laughs) But then, you know, they take her, they do what they have to do, blah, blah, blah. So then, you know, as everybody's cleaned up and whatever, um, you know, the doctor comes in, and this was another doctor, and he says, well, Mrs. Saunders, you know, I I have some, you know, bad news. Okay, well, you don't want to hear any bad news after you just delivered your baby. You're thinking, oh, my God, what? So he comes mm-hmm. in and he tells me, he says, well, you know, um, your daughter was, you know, really big, and because she was so big, we had to do a procedure, which is, you know, snapping the collarbone, which, by the way, by them doing that, severed all of the nerves in her left mm-hmm. arm. So mm-hmm. they they snapped her left collarbone, right? And when they do that, all of the nerves are severed. So in that, by them doing that, she had no movement at all. Her arm just flopped. She had no mm-hmm. movement in her left arm. And we had to pin her little arm to her little clothes, like to her little nightgown mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, you can imagine how devastated I was. I was like, mm-hmm. what? What? So, mm-hmm. okay, so you, you can imagine the devastation of me finding this out. 
here I had this beautiful little girl, you know, that God had blessed me with, in, you know, into the world, and here she is, you know, already what they claimed uh, had what they called herbs palsy, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. fast forward. Once I got out of the hospital, you know, of course we had to see specialists, she had to do therapy, and I took her to, they sent me to one of the top neurologists, supposedly top neurologists in the country, and I won't give the lady's name out because I don't want to put it out there like that. But I went in, my son at the time was four years old. Now here we go into, you know, I got my son with me, you know, and my daughter, and she's examining my daughter. Now this doctor, for me, had the worst bedside manner of anybody I could ever possibly imagine. I mean, she just came out. <laughs> She was very staunch and very to the point. I mean, this is your baby. You know, have some mm-hmm. compassion. You know, mm-hmm. so what she said to me was, well, Mrs. Saunders, um, I, I hate to tell you this, but your daughter has what's called herbs palsy, and mm-hmm. because the, her nerves have been severed, uh, she's, you know, she's not going to be like other children. She's not going to be like a regular child. She's going to have a childhood where, you know, um, her arm is going, you know, she's going to be handicapped for the rest of her life. And then she showed me how her arm was going to develop and she wasn't going to have any motion movement. And it took at least seven to eight years for the nerves to even start to fuse themselves back together. So, girl, by the time she was going through all of that, I had, really seriously out-of-body experiences at that point. Because I'm like, you know, it was like her voice was sounding like the teacher on Charlie Brown, blah, 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 blah. So I'm thinking, my God, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm ready to, you know, panic, and I'm, I'm feeling like, dear God, what? And so by the time, you know, I leave there and I go home, and, Teresa, I was devastated. I was. I called my mother. I called my mother-in-law. I'm crying over the phone, my baby, what I'm going to do, blah, blah. And so, you know, they're consoling me and so forth. So you know what? Let me tell you something. Once I got off the phone and once I calmed myself down, I remembered something. And it was nothing but the grace of God that, that, that showed me um, uh, or reminded me about the power of healing. And it was like this little, still, small voice said, faith, have faith, have faith. And I remember then uh, um, uh, one of the preachers that's a friend of my in-laws came to in within my vision, and this man really was kind of like a, I don't want to say spooky, but he was mm-hmm. one of those ones where he, you know, it was, it was like he had a, a, a like a sixth sense about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, I, something said to me, call him, call mm-hmm. this man, get him on the phone. And I never really experienced healing or the power of healing or anything like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't know anything about that kind of stuff. But what I did know was this. I had faith. Wow. And wow. I refused. At that moment, I had refused to accept mm-hmm. what wow. that woman said. I said, mm-mm, mm-mm, no. No, I refuse it. I'm not mm. going to receive that. I called this man on the phone, and I explained to him the situation. This was on a Monday. He said, bring her in on Wednesday night and at such and such a time. And after our prayer service, we're going to, you know, they had a prayer service. And after that, we're going to pray over your daughter. I said, I'll be mm-hmm. there. 
So we shot over there to the church, standing in a circle. When they finished, you know, I had Megan in my arms. My sister-in-law was there, my husband, and, you know, the whole congregation that was there, they were standing behind us. And each person was connected to somebody else. And somebody was, you know, touching me, and then he asked a few questions. He put his hand, he asked me what shoulder. He put his hand on Megan's shoulder, and he said, do you believe that she is going to be healed? Or do you believe that she's already healed? I said, I believe it. And I mean, at that moment, at that moment, I would have given my life. Mm. That's how strong my belief was. And, and you know, I took her home the next morning, the next morning, and I told everybody at the beginning of the show, I was going to try not to get emotional. <laughs> but when I took her home that next morning, and I laid her on the bed, and I got on my knees beside her. And, and I'm, I was the type of mom where I didn't believe in, in, in um, kids sucking their thumbs. I would rather, you know, give them a pacifier because you could throw the pacifier away, but you can't get rid of the thumb, right? So with her, you know, I laid her on the bed that day, that morning, and I got on my knees, and I just started praying again, and I just started asking God. I said, God, I have faith. I believe, you know, my daughter is healed, and I just started praying, and Teresa, through my tears, I opened up my eyes, and she was on her back. Her little arm, the left arm, that they told me that she was never going to be able to move, I saw it move. And I, I blinked away my tears. I'm looking. I'm saying, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I just see what I just saw? And the next thing you know, I'm saying, you know, I'm like, come on, Megan, you can do it. Move your arm, baby. Move your arm. I said, I don't even care if you suck your thumb. Just move your hand. Wow. And do you know, as soon as I said that, that little arm went from the bed up on her leg, her left leg, and it just kept palm down. And it just kept moving from, the, from her leg to her stomach, wow. from her stomach yeah. to her chest. From her wow, chest, wow. thumb went bloop right in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mm-hmm. cannot tell me <laughs> that faith does yes. not work. Yes, 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 yes. And from that point on, oh my God, you can imagine I was just shouting and screaming, yes. and I got yes. on the phone, I got on my knees, and I yes. thanked God yes. over yes. and over yes. and over again. And it's yes. by your faith. Yes, yes. By yes. your yes. belief. Yes. You are healed. Exactly. Yes. And when I took her back to that doctor <laughs> that told me that my daughter was going to be handicapped for the rest of her life and she was never going to do this and never going to do that, oh, I couldn't wait to walk into that doctor's office. Mm-hmm. And when she examined my daughter, she came back to me. She said, Mrs. Saunders, she said, uh, I, it, she, there's no medical explanation for this. She wow. said, because it wow. takes seven to eight years for the nerves to to, to even start to fuse themselves back together. Yeah. She said, there is no medical explanation to this. And I said, you couldn't wait. And that's when I told her, I said, well, let me tell you something. That's because I know a doctor above all doctors. Oh, and I started yes. prophesying to that woman. Mm-hmm. And do you know, she said to me, she looked at me square in my face, and she said, Mrs. Saunders, I am so glad that your faith is that strong. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So that is just, it goes to show once again that mm-hmm. quantum leap. I took that quantum leap. I jumped out there, Teresa. Mm-hmm. I jumped out there on my faith that, mm-hmm. you know, just believing mm-hmm. in God's word and believing mm-hmm. what he said that when he said it's by your faith. Yes, yes, yes. We yes, have to yes. stop believing and receiving things that other people tell us about yes. ourselves. You can't yes. speak into my life. What gives you that right? 
Graduating, uh, walking across the state in December, December seventeenth. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. But I grew, my kids grew up watching Disney movies. We're we're like a film family. We love film, and mm-hmm. she is a Disney fanatic. And she always said that when I grow up, I want to work with Disney and I want to create animations for Disney. Well, that's what she, you know, is, went to school for film and video. And so now she's got a Disney internship, and she's going to be in Orlando for wow. six months working for Disney. Wow. Isn't wow. that something? And I, and I think that that's phenomenal from your face and everything that you breathed and uh, yeah. you know, gave her in terms yeah. of faith from that small uh, moment into now she's an adult. She's graduating from college, and not only that, but she's going to premiere at Disney, which it's probably easier to get into medical school than it is to get into a Disney internship. So that yes, speaks out how God will take you further than what your mind, what you even thought about is what you were speaking to about at the beginning of the program, Lisa, is that he'll take you a lot further than what, where you thought you would ever go. So yes, and that, yeah, that's and that, and that brings me. I can't believe the time has has really uh, gone, <laughs> and that that's going to bring me to the to the end. Uh, I will leave you with this. Emmanuel Tenney once said, "As your faith is strengthened, you will find that there is no longer the need to have a sense of control; that things will flow as they will, and that you will flow with them to your great delight and benefit." And I want to read an excerpt real quick from my book, Destiny Awaits, The Pouring Out of Wisdom for Humanity to Drink, uh, from the chapter about believe. It is crucial to believe in yourself. Believe, belief is the core to everything. Another word for belief is faith. A definition of faith is in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word believe is also a verb, an action word. Belief activates everything around you that you cannot see. It is knowing that what you feel on the inside can truly come to pass. It is trusting that still small voice within you that prompts us to act and to take that leap of faith. Faith activates God. Fear activates the enemy. Which one are you choosing? And I will leave you with one of my favorite poems by William Ernest Hensley, which also is in my book, uh, Invictus. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloodied but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years 
finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. So that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone, as usual, for coming, uh, tuning in, and also to my family for always uh, loving me and supporting me. Once again, Teresa, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us, for knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first, because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you next week. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.